Welcome to No Small Jobs, the podcast. I'm your host, Paul Newen. Actually, today, I'm your co-host, Paul Newen, because we have a special co-host today. I have James Arthur, my producer and host of the Vault Studios NFL podcast. Thanks for coming on, James. No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited, Paul. All right. So, um, this particular episode was inspired by James's passion for online gaming. So, um, we have a very popular and special guest. Before we dive into that, though... If uh, if you joined us, please make sure you have a listen to all our previous podcasts. You can find all the episodes on nosmalljobspod.com.au. Uh, make sure you follow our socials. That's at nosmalljobspod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, keep a track of updated episodes, snippets of previews of previous episodes. Uh, it is a timeless podcast, so don't feel obliged to listen to it in order. Listen to it as you feel like it. So today, our guest is Pestily, the full-time gamer. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Um, so James is here because he is a massive fan of yours and I am a complete dummy when it comes to gaming. So we're going to approach it from two different aspects. Hopefully... Um, you uh, you uh, well-versed gamers out there will appreciate what James has to say and maybe find my comments kind of dumb. But hey, if you're entertained, that's the most important thing. So, uh, Pestily, what, uh, what inspired you to start streaming? It's a really interesting one for me because I think everyone starts streaming for different reasons. But for me, personally, it was, I'd finished working in the military for eight years and I wanted to take some time to just, like, sp- spend time doing the things I enjoy, which is playing computer games and going fishing. So I stole my dad's boat, moved out to a country town on the coast, and then went fishing. And as well as that, I started playing computer games. But the thing was, all my friends were with kids, like they had kids, working full-time, and they're just like busy. So I was like, how do I make some friends playing computer games? And I thought, well, I'll just start streaming it. And that's really how it started, and it just took off from there. But, I mean, there's a difference between on, just playing games online in, like, a you know, a massive online game versus having your game streamed and watched by people. What was the appeal of having your, your gameplay watched by others? I think, for me, I just like building communities. Like, just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how to word this, but it's like... When, you, when you're playing the game and you have people come to you, then you can talk to them. And then if you find like-minded people, it can be really enjoyable. So when you become a bit older, I don't know like how old you guys are, sorry, but I'm 33 years old now. When I started streaming, I was about 30. Um, it's a lot harder to make friends. Like you, you can't just go down to the pub and just make a heap of male friends, you know? So for me, it was like it's an easy way that people can come to me. And if they like me, then they'll talk to me. I don't have to approach other people. Yeah, it's actually a very different way of looking at it. I guess, you know, I'm someone who who I love playing video games. I love playing Escape from Tarkov, which I got into because of you. I've never heard of the game before and I just saw you playing it one day and started watching it. Um, And I guess the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a streamer and what what I think of, because I think people who do it who are brave enough to just go out and do that as a job is incredible to me and to put themselves out there like that so vividly and and full on and and consistently every day. Um, how did you learn to do it all? How did you learn to set up your stream and get your computer done and your camera and your lights and all that sort of stuff? How, how did you learn that stuff? So when I very first started, I had a really budget setup. Like I was, my computer was probably $1,300, $1,400. And like my webcam was only like a $20 uh, webcam. Nothing was overly special. And I just went to YouTube and I just searched like how to set up a stream for Twitch. And I just like just searched all those things, how to set up a, a, an alert and I just slowly built on it over time. And then 
as I started building up a following, my following started paying for improvements to my stream and I just invested everything back into it. I was very lucky at the time that my wife was working full time. And for me, that was like a bonus because then my money wasn't really important because I wasn't making any money and, and I could invest it all back straight into the stream, anything I did make. So it took me about five months to make my first paycheck from Twitch. Um, and then, you know, obviously it improved from there, but uh, it, it's, it's something that where I just went, you know, I just want to do this and I just started researching and I'm very, I've got a very strong work ethic. So when I like put my mind to something, I just really go hard at it. What I find fascinating about the streaming industry is the idea of marketing. So how, I mean, I mean in, in the entertainment, if, if we call the, the broader idea of content creation entertainment, it, it's really hard to try and make yourself stand out. What was the thing that, what, what were the ideas that you had to try and make yourself stand out and sort of be heard above the noise of other streamers? Initially, it was very hard. Um, the first first three months, I actually just took it like as a bit of a, pretty much as a bit of fun. There wasn't like, I'm going to be the biggest in the world. That, as I said, I was there to make some friends and that was about it. After about three or four months in, I, I, I went for a little bit of a holiday with my wife. Oh, at the time, it was my uh, fiance. And I said, I want to take this seriously. And so I really started putting in all the effort. I had a big notebook and pen next to me. Anytime anyone has a suggestion, I'd write it down. Um, and then I always try and improve and reflect on how my stream could be better and better. And then I started doing stuff that stood out. So for me, I made... Uh, so to explain the game a little bit what, for what I do, it's a Milsim first-person shooter based in Russia. Uh, it's a Russian development team, and it's still in development. And so as things were being developed in the game, say there was new quests to do, I was the first to get those quests done. I'd put up a guide to how to do it, and then people would be like, Holy, like this guy has these guides already out within 24, 48 hours of this actually happening. And so that really started pe people's interest in saying, this guy knows his, knows his stuff. And I, I'm glad you brought up Tarkov and you know the, what the game is. Um, how did you get into Tarkov? Because I got into it from seeing you playing it. So did you see someone else playing it or was it because of your military background? I know it's a very military-like sim game. Now, I've played computer games most of my life, um, mostly in the first-person shooter realm, but I've done other stuff too. PUBG got really big, so Player Unknown Battleground. It's a uh, battle royale game. Uh, and most people out there know what Fortnite is. It's the game before Fortnite, and I was playing that. And then someone brought it up. I can't remember who. I should thank him if I do ever remember it. But um, brought up this game. Escape from Tarkov said this game is going to be big one day. It's really like it's, it's a really realistic, immersive game, and it's very uh, punishing. And as soon as I looked at it, I was like. That's really expensive. It was 140 US dollars to be able to play it. And so I waited. I couldn't afford that. Um, and I waited till it came out of its alpha state and it was $40 and I bought it then. One of the things I find uh, interesting about the, um, the, the streaming industry is the idea of personality. So... I, I guess I understand from James. Once again, I, I'll be honest. I haven't. I, I'm not a. I don't watch streams myself. But um, you seem. You seem like the kind of person who people want to be mates with. And as you said, the, the main idea behind doing this was because you wanted to interact with people and build a community. How much of your personality do you put into your videos, and how much of that do you have to uh, tailor or to try and sort of be conscious of when you're recording your videos? I feel like I'm more myself on stream than I am around people I don't know. So, like, around my wife, I am exactly the same as I am on stream. I'm, you know, a bit of a larrikin, I guess. I it, People do put it on a bit more, and it can be quite tiring because obviously I, I – well, not obviously. I do stream a lot. I, I stream pretty much every day. I do around 40 to 60 hours a week just streaming, and then I do all my editing on top. And so it can be quite exhausting, and if I do get tired, I stop my streams. 
Um, so you do have to make sure you're in your best state for when you are streaming. Otherwise, you will be looking tired and dull and people will be like, you know, this isn't what I normally see. Um, but I don't really put on an act at all. Um, there are people that do like get dressed up and, and have full characters. And if you're going to do that, you have to go all out with it. Uh, the, one of the probably the most famous in the world would be like Dr. Disrespect. He's a totally different character in real, like in as he's as himself than he's, that he's on Twitch. And so um, if you are going to put on a character, you need to invest yourself entirely into that character. And it can be very successful for people, but to be honest, that was never who I wanted to be. Um, for me, it's always been about building up a, you know, a friendship group, and now I build a community instead of just a friendship group. Um, so you mentioned a little bit earlier about it taking you five months to start earning an income. So again, me as a complete new newbie to all of this, how does how does it work when in terms of how do you earn an income as a streamer? Um, it, early on, you mostly get your money through donations. Um, people will be like, "Oh, you know, I like this person. I'll donate money to you." Um, as a, as you do grow, you get what's called a subscription on Twitch. Each subscription is about five US dollars, and then you get a percentage of that. So when you start out, it's about fifty percent, and it can increase as you become a partner, which is when you get to a certain criteria within Twitch. So um, there is multiple ways you get ad revenue too. Uh, you can get sponsorship deals. You can get um, paid content. So for example, someone might pay you to play a certain game, um, and there's, it's really, it's almost like sport. Anything you can think that could happen at, in a sporting TV show or, or a, you know, a sporting event can happen on Twitch. Yeah, okay. And so obviously the Twitch Prime, I, I, I was always interested to work how that works because you've got, obviously if you've got Amazon and Twitch, they're, they're the same company, own them. You can have what's called Twitch Prime and like you get one a month that you can give to a streamer that you, you like to watch. Do you get the same out of, a Twitch Prime than you do from a full-on like subscription. Yep, they're exactly the same. So Twitch Twitch Prime is like something that they brought out uh, a while ago now. But the whole basis around it was if you had Amazon Prime, which a lot of Americans do. Like in Australia, no one really has Amazon Prime. It's only just started to come introduced into Australia. But uh, a lot of people would have an Amazon Prime, uh, sorry, an Amazon subscription for the. It's like Netflix for America in America for a different category of tv shows and so they would link their amazon account to their twitch account and then they get one free subscription for us it's exactly like for a twitch affiliate partner it doesn't matter who you are you get exactly the same amount as a normal tier one subscription okay and that so that is that where you like most of your income comes from the, the subscriptions it's all about getting them um to be honest i have to think about that one i think it's pretty evenly spread um like you'll get like probably donations might be a, a bit lower for me. Um, as you get bigger, people seem to donate less um, so, because it's you, your focus group is a lot broader than just a few individuals. So like I sit somewhere between 2,000 and 4,000 concurrent viewership at the moment, which is the same amount of people watching me at the exact one time. But when you're starting out, you might have 20 or 30 viewers. So to make it a, a living out of that, you know, you, you're relying a lot more on the, the 30 viewers. And so, you know, you might have 50 subscriptions then, but at the moment I think I'm around the 5,000 subscriptions, which is obviously considerably larger. So at the moment I probably do make the majority of my income for, through subscriptions, but I do make money through like other means as in sp uh, sponsored content from playing other games, ad revenue, um, and whatever, like donations as well. 
with with the sponsored content, do you have to seek that out yourself, or does that just come to you because of your popularity? Early on, yeah, you definitely have to you have to look for the, for it. There's a, there's like a tipping point once you get noticed, and it just starts to flow. Um, particularly in Australia, I think it's a little bit harder to crack it, but once you do, everyone knows you um, because obviously Australia is a lot smaller country. I think America it might be it might work a bit different or across the world, but in Australia, once you start networking with those uh, community managers for different games. Um, you do quite quickly get to know everyone. One of the things that I'm interested in is the conversation you had with your now wife when this idea kind of inspired you. So as you said, she was working um, and at the time you were sort of, again, in a bit of a bit of, midst of a career change having been in the military for quite a while. Was there any hesitation into approaching streaming as a career uh, more so than it was just a hobby? Um, I think after the first three months, we realized that we could do something with it or I could do something with it. Um, if, if the first three months was, you know, not going to be that good. I said, actually, that's not right. Actually, I remember around the three, four month mark when we did go for that drive, we said, we'll give it 12 months and see what we could do in 12 months time. Um, my wife, she was working at quite a good job. So it wasn't like, you know, we couldn't make ends meet. We would be able to survive off her income alone, but it was like we just survived with the kind of lifestyle that we lived. Um, so we, we gave it a bit of a time frame, but because of how quickly everything progressed from that point onwards, it was never really going to be an issue. Yeah, okay. And I guess the, the big question I have, and I've, I've wondered this, you see all the streamers, they're playing Fortnite, they're playing PUBG, they're playing, you know, as new games come out, they're all about the new games, you know, the new Star Wars, all that sort of stuff. But you pick a game, Escape from Tarkov, which is, I've played a lot of video games in my life and I have never loved a game like Tarkov and hated a game like Tarkov. It is the most insanely immersive and frustrating and struggle of a game ever, but it's so rewarding. Why you take like, what made you pick Tarkov as that game to be the stream for, um, to make your thing? And, you know, were you worried that a game that wasn't that popular would bring you a lot of success? Um, I'm smart enough to think that if you can't be seen at all, you're probably not going to be get, you're not going to grow. So, for example, I had a friend of mine who said, you need to play PUBG. That's where you're going to become famous. And I straight away said, if I played PUBG, no one would ever find me. Um, the the it's kind of like you need a game that's going to be big enough or growing enough that you can grow with it, but not so big that it, you can never be found. Um, I didn't really have much growth until I started up my YouTube channel, channel, for example. And as you just said, right then, the game is very punishing and difficult, but also so rewarding. So my whole focus is I've never claimed it on the best of the game. I don't even like, I'd never even bring that up really, but I've always focused on teaching people how to play the game and how to enjoy the game. Because as you know, uh, from playing it, uh, the game is quite punishing and it can be very frustrating at times to the point where a lot of people will play the game and within the first like few hours of playing it, they'll never touch it again. But then if they go to YouTube and they search, how do I get good at Tarkov or whatever they want to search, my videos come up and then it teaches people to you know, enjoy the game. Yeah, well, I, I can remember the first time I played it, you'd go into customs and just me trying to get into a game was like, there's no help. There's, it does not tell you anything. And that's it's unusual for games. So I watched your videos and thought, okay, that helps me. And then it was just, all right, try and get out. Don't worry about run-throughs or anything, just get out. And then recently, I've a mate of mine started playing it with me. And he said to me after a few hours of playing, he was like, I don't know how I would play this game on my own. And um, it, he's right. There, unless you had someone like you creating that content that they could find and learn from, 
there is no way someone would play this game for a couple of hours and go, yeah, I'm coming back to play this. It's just, it's too difficult. And there's a lot of people that um, don't play the game alone. It is quite difficult. And to give you a bit more information about the game itself, it's you go into a, an instance and you have to escape from that instance. And whatever gear you take in, if you die, you lose it. And if you survive, you take out whatever you survived from that raid. So it, it's kind of like playing PUBG like a Battle Royale. But when the Battle Royale finishes, if you're the last man standing, you get to take, keep all that gear for the next Battle Royale. So it, it, it's, it's nothing like a Battle Royale, I should say that. But it's kind of just using that as an example. Uh, with the guides, like I just started the raid series, which I call it, it's called my raid series. And it starts at day one, dot one. This is me first raid and then how i what i do and i talk about it and i explain it to people it's a new idea i've just come up with and it's been very popular to help explain to people it's almost like a walkthrough of the game and i think that's really helped a lot of people because the game doesn't have a tutorial and it's the, the developers have come out and said we don't really want to give you too much of a tutorial we want it to be hard no yeah people like i said i've I played lots of games and people like i think it's one of these games you either love or hate really i think there's some people that just fall in love with it and love the immersiveness of it, but some people that just, it's not going to be for them. I mean, yeah. have, have you ever sorry. thought, sorry, have you ever thought of, I mean, as I said, you do do some play some of the games for sponsored content. What other kind of games do you play? Um, I mostly focus around first person shooters. Um, I've played a fair bit of Apex Legends. Uh, what about Division, Borderlands? Pretty much a bit of Fallout 76. Whatever really is the the common mainstream first-person shooter, I, I do play a fair bit of, um, usually off-stream, because I like having downtime too. Um, I treat my stream very professional, so I'm always, you know, dressed properly and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So when I, I'm off-stream, I might play some Apex Legends and then, um, you know, I just be relaxed and listen to music or whatever I'm doing. Um, but the sponsored content is a really good way to supplement an income in the streaming industry. And I guess I'd, I'm interested to know, obviously you're now, you're, you're quite popular and you're getting these offers. Have you had any strange offers for games? Like those mobile games and stuff like that that you see streamers promoting sometimes? What's kind of the weirdest one you've ever had? Um, so my Instagram's starting to get a little bit more popular too. And I had a had an email the other day, and they, they actually did a follow up email because the first email I read it, my wife read it, and we did each other and we're like, "That's interesting." And then the second email came came in saying like, "We definitely want to like work with you," and it was for a female bikini brand, and I was just like, "This is ridiculous!" Like, I don't they don't sell any male what swimwear. I'm like, how am I going to work with you? Well, presumably so I, they just get you to wear a bikini while streaming, right? That makes the most sense. I have no idea. But to be <laughs> honest, um, I, I get a lot of emails at, that will be to do with totally random stuff that is in the gaming industry. And I really do want to focus and be genuine with everything I do. So I don't want to do any work that's not going to, that I'm not going to be committed to. So for example, if someone approached me with a game that I never would ever play in my own time, I won't even touch it. I won't. Even, I, I reply back saying, "Thanks for the opportunity. Keep me in mind for future stuff." But at this point in time, I'm not interested. Um, one of the things uh, I, I always wonder is when you turn uh, something that you love, so a hobby, into a job. Do you ever, as you said, you do play other games uh, um, uh, outside of the streaming? But do you ever some days just go, "Actually, I'm really sick of gaming today. I'm going to do something else completely different." The best thing about streaming is you you work when you want to work. Um, when I feel like playing Tarkov, I play Tarkov. There's been times I've woke up in the morning, I've, I've spoke to my wife and said, let's go to the zoo. 
and we've gone to the zoo that day. Like I can just send out a tweet, send out a Discord message, and I'm off to go do something else. Um, even like this morning, I didn't really feel like streaming, so I actually did YouTube editing all day today. Like I, I, up until this podcast, I've been, and it's seven seven p.m. for anyone listening to it. Like I've been editing YouTube videos the entire day. I mean, and again, so at what point do you feel? I mean, do you ever do you ever get the feeling that you're obliged to play a certain amount or to produce a certain amount of content to try and both keep your existing fans happy, but also to try and attract more fans? Exist? Uh, sorry, originally, yes, hell yeah. I think it's like probably the most scariest thing as a um, content creator is you've got no job security. So you stream, you build up an audience, you know that if you don't stream, someone else is streaming. Like the, a bit like the Boxer's Creed, when you're not training, someone else is training harder. Like, you know, so like when you're not streaming, other people are growing and in your time slot, they're growing too. But I don't really have that mentality anymore. I actually like to enjoy my life as well. Um, I'm planning a trip to Europe next year where I'm going to be in Europe from January all the way to December. And I'm only going to stream 20 days a month. And I usually stream around 27 to 29 days a month. So um, for me... Even though I'm going to be taking a big step back next year, um, I just make sure the content that I do put out is going to be at the highest quality possible and I make sure I'm enjoying myself when I'm doing it. But I don't ever really feel like it's work. If I feel like it's like I'm starting to get drained, um, for me, I look at the clock and I go one hour. And if I don't, if that feeling doesn't leave within an hour, I end my stream. And I've done that as early as like three hours in. Yeah, okay. Which is a good way to be because you obviously need to look after if someone was at their job and were feeling crap and they'd go and have a break like you could and you can always if you, if you go away for an hour and you feel better you can go you know i'm gonna jump back on again and just you can do it whenever you want really yeah and it's a little bit different because most people when they go to work they have a lunch break and they'll be like all right i'm gonna have half an hour to go eat my lunch and you know just switch off or i'm gonna take an hour whatever it is for your lunch break for me i don't really get that opportunity when i start streaming all the way to the end of my stream if I eat, I eat just off the screen, but I'm still doing like the stream's still running and people can kind of see the side of me. I, I've just made a decision. I don't actually physically eat my food on camera um, just as a, a polite thing to do. And some people do, and that's perfectly fine, but I, I don't want to, but it's when you're, when you're on camera, you are on camera and the longest stream I've done is 42 hours, you know? So th- there's times where you're like, you're exhausted and you're still got to be presentable because you can't just like, you know, put your feet up on their table and stretch back and just be like, this is how I'm going to act for the next 40 hours. It doesn't work like that. Was that, sorry, was that by choice? Well, is that some sort of challenge that you were trying to meet or was that was that accidental that you were just so into it that you couldn't stop? No, I do these challenges. Oh, I don't do it much anymore. So um, I did a stream where one of, one of the big standout things that got my channel really going was a major update happened and the game gets wiped and everyone gets set back to, to level one and they start again. And I once did this stream and it went for about, uh, it was a long time. It was, it was about a day and a half. And I was like, that's, it was around the 38 hour mark. And I was like, all right, so that's the longest stream I've ever done. And that was like, that was because I was in the moment. I really wanted to go hard at that one. Then later on, I was like, hey, that's my longest stream. Let's do 40 hours. So I did like a 40 hour stream and then I did a 42 hour stream. And then I, I set out one day to do a 48 hour stream. And I got about 30 hours in and just how I spoke about before, I stopped enjoying it and I was like, all right, I'm giving myself an hour. And at the end of that hour, it didn't change. And I was like, I'm giving myself a total of three hours. And at the 33 hour mark, I got up and I went over to my wife and I said, I'm not enjoying myself. I haven't enjoyed myself for three hours. I don't want to do this anymore. And I stopped my stream. So it, it's, it's quite difficult, particularly for me. I've never stopped to stream like that before, particularly when I've set a goal. 
I'm very goal orientated. Um, but you know, you go look after yourself and if you're not in the mood and you're, you don't want to do something, no point punishing yourself for another 18, 20 hours. Yeah, it's funny. I can remember one of your, it must have been the 42-hour one. It actually went through two nights sleep for me. So I would watch it. I went to sleep, woke up in the morning. You're still going. I thought that's pretty cool. And then I went to bed the next night, woke up in the morning. You were still going. I remember saying to my mate who watches you as well, just like, he has been playing this game for why we've been asleep for about 16 hours over two nights. This guy has just kept going. I I don't know if it was crazy or impressive, but yeah, it was. We were impressed. It was a pretty, um, pretty amazing feat. I don't know how you stay awake for that long. Um, the army does help with that. Uh, I think once you know you've stayed awake, like the longest I've ever stayed awake is just over three days. And so once you know you, you can do that, I think everything becomes easier. It's like the first time you go do anything, like the first time you jump off a diving board into water, and you're like, the first time it's scary. The second time, like, oh, I can jump off a diving board into a water. It's no big deal. Um, and it's kind of like that. Well, at least it's like that for me. You do get tired and you are exhausted, but you know you can keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, I've, I've got one more question before we move on to more, you know, the story of, you know, from your, your career point of view. Um, a lot of people out there, like streaming is becoming a cooler thing and there's lots of people that are doing it. Um, what do you think is the most important thing for a streamer when they start out? Ooh. The most important thing. Discoverability on Twitch is nearly impossible. Um, Twitch know it. Everyone knows it, except for probably a lot of people that just look at a YouTube video to try and find advice on how to start out. You could stream 100 hours a week and still not get discovered on Twitch, and no big host or anything's going to do anything for you. You need to be creative, and you need to look at external ways to be able to bring people in. The biggest one at the moment is TikTok. TikTok is like going crazy all over the world. And if you could trend on TikTok, you can you can push those viewership over to your Twitch channel and you can live stream that way. There's heaps of people getting popular on Twitch because of it. YouTube's the avenue I used. You can use Twitter if you're good looking on Instagram or you know you can make funny pictures on Instagram. Anything, it doesn't really matter. But discoverability is the hardest thing to do on Twitch and you need to work. You have to work hard. No one gets famous overnight. But that's the thing, like, I, I hear a lot of people talk about working hard, but no one, but as, and as you said, you, you're trying to provide guides for how to play the game, but working hard is different from knowing exactly where you're going. You can spend the hours and dedicate the time, but if you don't actually know what you're meant to be doing, it's hard to know what the recipe for success is. So what, what skills did you focus on building in order to try and create the kind of content that you have? I want to touch on the first part of your question there because you, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, even if you work hard, you don't know. Like, that's why I was saying, like, you could stream 100 hours. It won't make any difference. For me, um, it, for me to give advice on how to get famous on Twitch, it's two years too late. It's two years out of date information. How I got massive or how I got to the size that I got to might not work right now. And the people that are going to grow right now will use a different me method most probably. And that's why TikTok, why, why I bring up TikTok being so such a big thing. Um, for me, I looked at stuff, something like YouTube. I looked at making guides and I, I taught myself uh, how to make an, a video in Adobe like via YouTube. And then so, you know, I just taught myself these things. I developed the skill over a period of time and worked on it that way. There's heaps of ways you can do it, networking. It's just a matter of you need to apply your way yourself and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Go and take a notebook and pen, do something on your stream. And if people like it, you know, keep doing it. If they don't like it, change it. Write it down on a piece of paper and say, I need to change this. 
Do you think they're like, because obviously there's a lot of streamers out there. Do you think there are some people that just aren't going to be good streamers because they're not, like most of the streamers I watch are interesting people. It's not really about the game. It's about, I find them interesting or funny or they're a bit of a character. You know, you mentioned Dr. Disrespect. I think I watch him sometimes because he's just funny. He's just funny to watch and he's like every person's like playing games. He cracks it and blames the game and calls everyone a hacker and all that sort of like, do you think there are people that just some people just don't have that to be able to be popular and have people actually like watching them? The saying I've been probably saying for about 18 months now is you've got to be a streamer that games and not a gamer that streams. So it, it, to, to clarify it better, if you just are really good at a game, you just play the game, you don't really like work on talking to your chat and building on your community and you're just really good at the game and you just keep playing the game, no one's going to watch you. You're not interesting. But if you're a streamer and you, and it's not about the game, the game's a tool and a reason for you to be able to talk to your, your viewership and everything else is just about you. So then therefore it makes it more about you than the game. So like even though I might hold a better viewership playing Escape from Tarkov, people are still invested in my content and who I am. And so where do you hope to take this, uh, for lack of a better term, business? Where do, where, where do you hope it'll grow? Um, well, next year we'll be in Europe. We've started the second YouTube channel. It's going to be based around vlogging and our travels through Europe. Um, that will be where we'll be pushing a lot of people over to now. Just to kind of go back on the last point, investing people more into us. Um, but it's also uh, that trip I've had planned now for eight years. So... Um, I've always wanted to film traveling around Europe, climbing mountains and doing adventurous stuff. So that's going to be putting a lot of our focus in. And then after Europe, when we come back to Australia, the plan is besides having kids, hopefully, if all things go well, um, I want to get back outdoors more. So I want to push the boundaries a little bit with Twitch and with the internet in Australia and try and do fishing streams, outdoor, any sort of outdoor streaming that's not just walking around a city, but... You know, I'm on a boat or I'm forward driving. Whatever the internet will allow me to do, I'm going to try and push those limits. Which is certainly a creative point and certainly a point of difference for your stream, uh, which is, I think, quite inspired, really. But I do want to talk about the kids thing now that you mentioned it because, as you said, you could spend hours. I mean, not that you do the 42-hour thing anymore, but you could spend hours playing the game. How, what was your thinking in terms of how you balance all that with having a family as well? Um, well, I don't have children yet, but after Europe, my wife and I are looking at doing it. But um, it's well, my wife finished up her job in May and she's been working with me now to help try and get everything under control for Europe. Her main job pretty much for the last three months has been get everything ready for Europe. Um, but she'll probably take most of the reins of raising her child whilst I'll use any spare time I can to obviously be a part of our child's life if, if we do have, or if or when we do have kids. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. I personally, I don't really want to have my child involved in the stream or any content, at least until they're old enough to make the decision they want to be. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Oh, look, I'm not, not, I'm not saying you have to figure it all out now, obviously. You know, think plans change and things come up and you make decisions based off what happens at the time. It's just, you know, it's it's hard enough for, for people with a normal nine-to-five job to try and balance out, um, you know, career and family if that's, if that's where their priorities are. But I do find it fascinating considering that streaming, as you said, there is a flexibility to it. But at the same time, what you said was normally you'll do 27 out of 30, 30 days a month. So that's really only three days per month that you actually don't stream at all. I mean, that's a lot. You know, if you think about what most people work, they work 
20 days a week. Like, like 10, 10 days a week, 20 days a month. And you're, you're working 27. So you're actually working more than what an average nine to five person is working. Um, and well, obviously, whether or not the income is equivalent to that, I, I, I don't know. And certainly not expecting you to tell me. So I do find it interesting how, how you go about balancing it. And I think in, in an industry where popularity is so important, when being, being noticed and being um, known is really crucial, what happens when, you're, when you dim your spotlight? What happens when you don't get seen as much because you've got other priorities? That's, that's, I would just find that really interesting. I think to say that I... Uh, like I stream 27 days a month, but I work every day. There's no day where I'm not working. I think probably over the last two years, which is pretty much the entire time I've been doing content creation, I've had maybe my honeymoon where I didn't work, which was eight days. My wedding, there was about three or four days I didn't work during my wedding. And then besides that, there's probably been less than five days where I haven't even turned on the computer. I am always doing YouTube edit. Like today, I didn't stream today, but I've done YouTube editing the entire day. Um, the balance is for me, I just know that Europe, I'm going to be having days off. Yeah. So for me, I, I've got a really ridiculous work ethic at times where I put all my energy into something. Um, and for me, I know that end goal is once I get to Europe, there's going to be days where I won't be streaming. I'll be filming stuff on a video camera, but I already know that uh, the plan is to film for only a few hours and then the camera gets put down and we enjoy our time. So it's it's a balance, but I can see the balance based over or balanced over years instead of just all right. This day I'm doing this much or something like that. Fair enough. Let's um let's move on or move on and go back to your military career because you, which you've brought up a few times now. Um, what inspired you to join the military? Uh pushing my own limits has probably been the main one, but also like helping people. Now it's probably like a what's the word. To think that you're going to join the military to help people, it's kind of can be kind of skewed a bit both ways. But for me, I've always been big on helping people, and um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I like seeing where my limits are. So fitness-wise, going into the infantry was simple, like that's where I wanted to be, and then try and do something in the military where I get to help people. Okay, so so tell us a bit about your military career. Uh, I spent eight years in the, in the army in the infantry. During that time, I spent probably about. 18 months to two years of it in either Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, or Thailand. I didn't do any trips to the Middle East. I, uh, I missed that opportunity a couple of times uh, due to no real own fault of my own. It was just the getting over to the Middle East sometimes is a bit of a lottery system. You've got to be the right place at the right time. But I did get to uh, study in Melbourne, uh, Indonesian, and I am now, I, I would argue that I'm still fluent-ish mm. in Indonesian. I'm pretty good at, at talking it. And uh, I loved majority of my time in there. There was definitely some big big highs and some pretty low lows but that's kind of how every job is but the army is very controlling over your life and for me i wanted to be able to have the freedom to do what i want when i want were there any particular moments that you were very proud of during your military career Ooh, that's on the spot um there was there's actually like one of the times i marched through the city i know it was just just, just a normal Anzac Day March, but we marched in the city and there was lines and lines of people everywhere. And, and that was, that was pretty touching. And also going, actually, it's not really proud moment, but I spent uh, Anzac Day in Thailand at Hellfire Pass and it's just West of Bangkok. And that's where like the, they, uh, they dug this like train track through a mountain. It was insane. And actually being there on Anzac Day, the, um, the gentleman that was the, like the reef bear and, and a special guest, the VIP, 
Um, he was he actually was there during the actual the making of the railroad, and I think he was 101 years old. Hopefully, he's he's still alive with us. But he it was that was a very touching moment um, being there and that. I I wouldn't call that. I was proud proud to be a soldier that day. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to not answer this question, but you did mention low lows. Anything that you felt really sort of affected you in a way that you know made you feel that the career in the military was wasn't for you um sometimes it can be very lonely you don't have any control over what you want to do in your life and you'll be sent to go do stuff to the middle and like you can be literally told on a friday you're, on monday you're going overseas and that kind of stuff can be quite um upsetting and you don't really have any choice about it so um, it, it's not like any specific like incident incidents where it's like, you know, something happened, but it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a taxing job more on the mind than the body half the time. Mm. Um, and, and as you said, you know, early on, one of the big reasons why you want to get into the content creation was for the control for, to be able to decide what it does for your own life. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself? in 10 years like obviously you know you, you got your family going which is awesome is there is there something you want to work towards career-wise is something you want to achieve um i don't know this has all happened really quickly so for it i'd be ignorant to say that i want to be like the biggest content creator in the world and like that's not that's not like what I, my ambitions are I'd, it'd be wonderful to be even bigger than i already am i'm already blessed with the massive community that i have but at the same time it's streaming has a lifespan and I do work a ridiculous amount of hours a month. So for me to do that for 10 years, that's probably not likely. I will probably eventually take a step back and I'll try and do different things. But I feel like I'm smart enough to always work on the creative side that I've started now. I love travel and climbing mountains. So I'll probably try and pursue doing something like that. And probably more than anything, I want to use this opportunity to help people. Um, the amount of people that contact me pretty much every week sometimes more, more like every day about how I had some sort of effect on, on their day or their week or their month or their year um, because I've built that community. Like I'm ex-military. There's a lot of ex-military people that watch me and they leave the military and they don't have any friends. Just like I, like I have friends, but I didn't have contact with these friends because they're always working, lived in different states and other people are the exact same. So they become part of my community and it, they just have a place of belonging and, I want to. I want to build on that. I think that's it's something that gaming should continue to do forever, and I think we should all try to acknowledge it as much as possible. Um, tell us about your trip to Europe because it's you know something I've watched the been watching, and it's a pretty cool story. And obviously, been a long time planning to do it. Give people a bit of insight into what it's about and and what you're doing. So originally, the I was climbing a mountain up in Mount. It was Mount Kosciuszko and some of the ones around it with a mate of mine, and we just and I was like I. I could do this any time. I've lived half my life in, in in Geelong, which is about 12 hours away, and I could have drove up here any time to climb these mountains, and I should be doing stuff like this with my life. And I was like, I got back home, and I was like, I Googled it. Who's climbed the highest peak of every country of the world? Because like, I'm a very goal-driven person, and no one, to my understanding, has ever done it. And so then, But there was a guy who'd done every peak in Europe. So I was like, all right, that's what I'll do. I'll go to Europe. I'll use my long service leave in the military. And I'll climb the highest peak of every country. Now, that was the base plan eight years ago. Now, it's kind of changing something different because of what's happened with my, my content creation side of things. 
Uh, I won't be climbing the highest peak of every country of Europe. I'll still climb some. I'm going to be a lot more selective on which ones I do climb. And I'm going to try to, instead of just climbing mountains, try and do things and meet people and meet the community. I'm going to do meetups in every country. I'm, uh, I've got a form on my website that people are dr- filling out like crazy on like, you should go to this place. Or my dad owns an ice creamery in Germany. Um, you should make ice cream with him. And I'm like, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. I want to do that. You know, so like those kind of things are just like, they get me excited. You can probably hear it in my voice, I hope. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And um, is it just yourself and your wife going? Uh, my cousin's coming too. Um, we just have way too much work to to manage everything. So we're bringing him over to pretty much do every job that we can't be bothered doing. You're, or you're we need to get done and we don't have uh, the time to do it. So he's going to be helping out with a lot of the, the filming and also uh, any other odd jobs that we need done. So we've uh, we've done a couple of videography courses, photographer courses in the uh, downtimes that I have, and uh, he's going to be coming along to help out with that. Okay, cool. And uh, did it start with a with a charity event, the trip? I thought at one point it was going to be a charity. Um, I did want to make the trip about helping people in some way. Um, it, I, I can't remember where I brought this up. It might have been in the first video I made. But the, I, I, I do like the idea of being able to use this opportunity to help people. So we're, we're working on an idea with that um, to bring some sort of attention to a charity and, and hopefully we'll see what comes of that in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, okay. And I guess to, to kind of start to, to finish up on, if anyone, obviously you're pretty passionate about Escape from Tarkov. You're, you know, you do a podcast every couple of weeks with a few other streamers and often with Nikita, who's the creator. And I believe, is he the owner of Battlestate Games or just like the head guy? He's a COO. Yeah, okay. But he's he's very high up. Um, so you're pretty invested in that. One, are you going to go see Nikita in, in your trip? Yeah. Uh, he's He said if I go to St. Petersburg, he'll catch up and show me Battlestate Games. So... I'm definitely going to take up on that opportunity. I, d- I want to go to Russia. Why not go to St. Petersburg? I've heard it's beautiful. Yeah. So let's go drink vodka with Russians and play some computer games. Absolutely. And, and what would you say to anyone who wants to play Escape from Tarkov? Because as I said, I'm someone who in the past six months to a year have, has got really into it and really enjoyed it. Um, it is challenging, but what what would you say to people who wanted to play? Because I'm sure when people listen to you and how passionate you are about it, they're going to go, well... If he loves it that much, there must be something really good about it. What would you tell someone who wants to get into that sort of game or into that game? I'd tell someone to go to Twitch, go to this Gate from Tarkov category, scroll down to someone who's got like five viewers and then, or even just one viewer, no viewers, and then spend your afternoon talking and asking every single question you could possibly ask. You're going to learn so much about the game doing it that way. And they're going to give you in-depth information and you're going to make their day for talking to them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I guess to finish up, do you want to give us some plugs where they can find you, where everyone can find all your stuff? Um, pretty much everything can be found now on pestily.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-L-Y.com. Um, the links to all the Europe trip, the YouTube channels, everything's all up on there. Um, but I'll take this opportunity to definitely say thank you for you guys for having me on the podcast. And it's always good to have a chat. Yeah, we we really appreciate you coming on. You've led a fascinating life, and I think you're you're very inspiring when it comes to how to build your own career from uh, from just a you know a, a passion. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Yeah, it's a, I'm very appreciative, mate. I said I've I've watched you a lot, and you got me into a game that you know I think with games, I don't think a lot of people get that it's actually really helpful for people 
you know, I've got a family and, you know, a stressful job and it's fun for me to just come and unwind in a completely different world where I have no responsibilities and it doesn't matter. And I can turn it off after a couple of hours and walk away, you know, and just, I think a lot of people don't get that that's what video games do for people. So I think for me to get to talk to someone like you who I've, you know, who I watch and has got me into something that, you know, when you have a bad day, I can come down and play Escape from Tarkov, die a hundred times, I have a laugh with my mates and, you know, you feel pretty good when, when you go back up and the real life hits you again and you can, you, you can handle it. So I appreciate you coming on. I, I really do. Yeah, like I said, my pleasure and hopefully, um, you know, many other people can enjoy computer games just as much as I do. Indeed. All right. Thanks, listeners, for sticking around. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember, you can find the episodes wherever you get good podcasts. That is Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, and Google Podcasts. Um, make sure you check out all our previous episodes and follow Pesley wherever you can find him. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, there are no small jobs, only jobs you haven't discovered yet. <laughs>